Hi everyone and welcome to episode 37 of the Two Spotting Muppets. As always, you're here with Greg and welcome to the microphone, my good friend, Gray. How are you this week, my friend? I am very well. Thanks, Greg. How could I not be with the Mighty Tigers? A record win over the Cowboys. Oh, did I mention that already? That took less than 30 seconds and we're into it. How? I can't believe it. Even, even you surprised me how quick we got there. But yeah, they, they played very well. It was very impressive. It was a very, very rare performance. The sort of performances that you'll take any day of the week. And don't forget your boys either. Snatching a victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, they did. Last... 30 seconds of the game. It was it was a good game to watch. It was close. I I'm, I think you watched it as well. It was a really good game of footy, actually. Did they deserve to win? I don't know. I'm glad they did. I'm really glad the Dragons got up. I'm not sure they deserved it overall, but it was nice to see them win with their interim coach there at the moment, and they, they got up for him, so that was good. But, yeah, it was, it was a really exciting end to the game. That's for sure. It certainly was. No, I... I honestly believe I did deserve to win. Oh, you reckon they did? Okay. I, I thought I was being biased, being a Dragons fan. I thought that was a bit biased, only marginally, but that, that's good to hear from a, a neutral to hear you as a neutral supporter, to hear you thought they played well after. And they had it in the bag. They deserved to win. They were going to, and then Teddy, just a bit of freak, freak genius, still in that ball. He had a very good second half overall, particularly second half. Certainly did. And I thought, oh, a little bit undeserved, but what can you say? And then with that amazing play at the end, Hunt doing something, you know, with going down the blind and kicking, putting the, it was, it was just meant to be, wasn't it? Putting kick back to the other side, yeah. It was it was a really exciting way to finish. Probably lead justice, I thought. To be oh, honest. fair enough. Yeah, look, it, it was really good. They won. Not quite in the same, no, expression that your boys won. That was a, f- oh, flogging's probably being an understatement. That was, and I only saw the first half. I think I texted you later on that night that I saw the score after. I couldn't believe it. Oh, it was and early in the second, oh, early, 10 minutes into the second half. They were still in it. Um, I think the Tigers was 36, was it 12? But they got to 32, 18 or 36, 18, whatever, something like that. And the Tigers, when the Tigers, they thought, oh, Cowboys are in this. But then the Tigers scored again and then the floodgates just opened. The cow, the Cowboys, you know, threw the towel in, in, in a bad way, unfortunately for them. They've got some issues. But the Leichhardt faithful, they were rewarded in spades turning up and they deserve it because as you said they've been pretty poor at Leichhardt and some pretty dismal performances the last couple of years at Leichhardt including the first two games this year they weren't that impressive so did that in front of their local inner west traditional Balmain fans you know those fans who keep turn up to that ground thoroughly deserve it so credit to the credit credit to them for getting up for it very good yeah and look and the Tigers were up for it something I sort of forgot about being Brooksy's 200th I thought okay the players are stepping up for him, which is great. In the back of their minds going, hang on, this poor bloke, he cops the heat for our ship performances every week. I thought it was that, but I actually saw in the, the and was part of that, I am sure. But in the media, somewhere the next day, I said, a lot of it, everyone else has moved on and forgotten, but apparently a lot of it stemmed back to that game last year. You know that debacle up in Townsville? Oh, yes. With the controversial ending to it, it was a debacle. Yeah. Apparently, most of us have forgotten, but the players haven't. And it's they really wanted to give they, it to the they Cowboys. They hang on to it. So, yeah. Hey, they can hang on to it every week. As if, far that's as what, if that's what they need, that's that works then. They just need a little yeah, niggle like, to remember every weekend. Every weekend. <laughs> that's right. But look, a big week, Greg, in sport, but NRL. And we'll start with the you know, the flavor that it is at time of year. It is origin time. So, with a lot of fanfare as usual, Um, number one thing I will say. New South Wales, how hard is it to name a team? They went away from this. Do you know they always used to name it Sunday night on the news? 
and that. And no, no one knew when they were announcing it. And it wasn't officially announced Sunday night, but yet they had footage of players turning up to the hotel the hotel and could it was just a dog's breakfast it was uh, i think it was kind of leaked on the sunday night not officially announced on the monday but as you said there were clearly phone calls made and players turning up to the hotel on the sunday who had clearly been selected and called into camp but no official announcement for um new south wales rugby league which is pretty you know given us their showpiece of the year and and takes up a lot of media time you'd think they'd get that right I thought it was this poor. And it, look, it got to the stage where, yeah, there was plenty of media talk and all the rest, but everyone just wanted it done. Yeah, yeah, to me. But anyway, eventually got officially announced. So we'll just go through both teams and we'll have a chat about the selections. So New South Wales, no surprises at fullback. So we had uh, Teddy, James Tedesco fullback, Brian To'o, Josh Adakar. So the Fox did enough in his one game to prove his fitness. Latrell Mitchell and Turbo in the centres. Now Turbo, look, talk about the nick of time. This time last week, he was unpickable until that game on Sunday. He just wasn't, he, his form just wasn't up to scratch. He, you know, he just, he just looked not 100%. But yet down in Canberra, he turned it on, turned it on. And it was the old turbo, you know, destructive, crashing over the try line, carrying players. He's only done it once though. Is that enough? You know, in the cordial of origin, who knows? But we'll see. Look, as I mentioned last week, uh, Jerome Luai won the 5-8 spot. Cleary automatic selection at halfback. The big, not controversy, the big, the most biggest surprise call was Tavita Pengai Jr., TPJ, start, starting nonetheless, front rower. Payne Haas, the other one, no surprise there. But Appy Coruscant beating beating Cook for the, the hooker's position. A recall for Tyson Frizzell and Hud, Hudson Young getting his debut in the on the edge. And Osayo Yo. Another automatic selection at 13. Uh, interchange, Junior Paulo, Cameron Murray, Liam Martin, who's proved his fitness last week for Penrith, and the one who had to be there, Nico Hines. Um, with the reserves at this stage, Stephen Crichton and Big Stefano from the Tigers. So, Greg, what did you think of the, the selections? Look, not overly surprised, but I don't think, and you touched on it a lot just then as you listed the team, I don't think Turbo deserves to be there. He played really well on the weekend, but as you said, that's one game out of the whole season. Yeah, it's, so, it's risk, isn't it? It's a risk. I'm, I'm not convinced he should have been picked. And the other one, the other one, and I, again, not surprised, but Adokar, I was surprised. I was surprised at one level, but then you think about way New South Wales typically acts, and then I wasn't surprised anymore. You can't pick it, can you? Because remember last year, he was fully fit and that and wasn't selected. And and this year, admittedly, there's been some injuries in, in the wing position, but this year he plays one game after a long-term injury and gets picked. I think, in all honesty, he was picked on the back of his World Cup performance in England over the, our off-season. He played really well for Australia. Which is fair enough. And I think he was very much picked on the back of that performance rather than his club this year because he hasn't played a lot because of his injury. Again, like Turbo, played really well on the weekend, scored a try or two, at least one that I saw. Um, so start to you know show show he's ready for the ready for the battle, but has been out so much this year through just through injury. You know, is this is this the is this the forum you want to start seeing if they're ready or not? I don't know. I don't know. No, no it's risk. I agree with Turbo. Look, that was as I said, that was the real Turbo. But I'm with you, Greg. Yes, loyalty has incumbency has something to do with it, but I'm a bit old fashioned in that. Origin should be a reward for consistent and good performance. I do get irritated with this bullshit of playing. Oh, they, the week before it's selected. Oh, he played well. Put him in. 
what play like a dog the other weeks in the lead up and just play one decent. I, I I just don't like that. Look, Turbo, I will say though, he was out last year with injury, but when he did play and when he's fit, he's his X factor to the max. So I get that, but he's certainly a risk. I think Campbell Graham is very unlucky, and I. I think they could have played him on position on the wing. I think he's probably the most the the most unlucky non-selection. And you know, with the other injury, talking about Adokar and, and Turbo being injured, could have he played out of position, but still been in the team? That that was the question I had. Yeah. As we said last week, always going to be some very good players. Look with with Cook, Damien Cook. I think it just came down to he hasn't he just hasn't run the football enough. This year, I think that's what cost him ultimately. Now, he would he would still do the job, still you know can be creative when he wants to be a dummy half, really good defender. But I think Appy just offers more. Well, a he's got a bit of that Penrith connection with the spine, and also Appy, you know, just a little bit more spark at the moment. Yeah, you, you, I, I thought being the incumbent Cook would get selected. I said that last week on the pod. I think that was who I thought they'd go with at least for game one and see what happened. But again. I wasn't surprised with the selection of Appy Coruscant, who's having a pretty good season in a pretty, up until the last week, pretty average team with the Tigers, but he's been a bit of a shining light and been consistent. So Certainly has. Yeah, I I can see why they selected him. I was a bit surprised because I thought they would have gone Cook, as I said, at least for game one, but I completely understand why he was selected. Bit of a surprise. Some people, are, as much as Nico Hines demanded selection, some people are saying they think it's a bit risky that playing two hookers, like Appy and Cook probably was the might have been the way to go. The fact that Nico, where is he going to play when he comes on? You know, I saw him; he was doing some dummy half drills. I noticed on the telly yesterday. I was going to say, I think he's, you know, they've picked him. He's such a utility or versatile player. I think they see him in about four or five different positions that he could hold his own in. Maybe not his normal expertise in inverted commas, but could certainly hold his own. The way he's playing, he could hold his own in in multiple multiple positions. And I think that's why they. Yeah, no, he's class. And I think that's why he cemented his spot. You know, again, we go back, is Luai been playing well enough all year to be selected at 5'8"? And if it wasn't for his combination with Penrith, with Cleary, form in isolation, probably not good enough, apart from the last two weeks. But when you look at the whole package, you know, that certainly, certainly added to his value in selection. Yeah, it didn't do any harm at all. But having said all that, it all changes if they, if they lose that first game. Like oh, that's if, right. Apart from the, you know, the... Ex- rare exceptions of Teddy and Isaiah Yo and a couple more. All of them are under under big pressure yeah. to perform. Now TPJ, a little bit out of left field. Now you talk of form, like seriously, he has done nothing all year. Like hasn't played a lot. As some sub- a Bulldog supporter mate, hello Jace, said, "What that Bulldog supporters are saying? Well, if he plays as well in his eleven minutes that he plays for us every week, you might go all right." As I said, the eleven minutes that he's on, I, I I think I said to a few a few people, is Fitler trying to do a uh, is he trying to do a poor Osborne circa the ninety four grand final? I don't know if you remember when they picked Osborne out of the blue for, and he played the first twenty minutes and won them the game basically, just offloaded at will and put blokes in gaps and and blew blew the whole game open. I don't know. Look, he yes, he's a bit of mongrel, he's a bit of a loose cannon, bit of that. I don't know, but once again, I go back to it's meant to be a reward. Like Campbell Graham, I know you can't pick everyone, but you know where's his reward? And Burton misses out. It shows you the strength. Like being a centre in New South Wales at the moment, oh my god, there's some good players who are missing out. 
There, there are, there are, and you're right. I think Campbell Graham's really unlucky. I, I was really surprised that they couldn't find a spot for him anywhere in that squad. But someone's got to miss out. You know, there's there's other great players that are having really good years. I think what would be frustrating is, as you said, the players who have played really well this year in in really good form currently haven't been rewarded. History's played a lot, had a lot of impact on a lot of selections. It seems to me, and and also. The fact that, like, Garain, for example, he played in the World Cup and played well. That doesn't seem to have been rewarded. But as you, you're right, you're right, Greg. You can't pick everyone. And, look, it'll all depend on how they go. There's lots of pressure on them. So yeah, we'll see how, see how they go in, in game one. Look, we'll head over to the Maroons. Have a look. Now, now they certainly not without interest and controversy as well. A few big ones there. So I'll just quickly go through the team. So Walsh at fullback, Selwyn Cobbo and Murray Tulagi on the wings. Um, Valentine Holmes and the Hammer, Thibaut Fido on in the centres. No surprise with the halves, Munster and Cherry Evans. In the forwards, Flegler and Lindsay Collins at prop. Ben Hunt starting at hooker. Fafida back in the fold. Tom Gilbert, the edge forwards. Patrick Carrigan at lock. And the interchange, Harry Grant, Big Tino, Ruben Cotto, Jai Arrow with Dearden and Kristen Welch on the reserves bench. So I guess the, the big one, Greg, is the omission of Kalen Ponga. Interesting. A lot of, lot of time out recently with head-related injuries, I guess, with concussion-related injuries. Hasn't been I – mean, he's actually not played too bad. That's I was going to say he hasn't been brilliant, but he hasn't played too bad, and he's had his moments. I wonder what was behind that decision. Is it just lack of play? I don't know, because remember, everyone, or most people in the media, and we had this chat last week, saying that at the end of the day, we thought he probably wasn't ready for Origin, but they're going to pick him anyway. And when he played that good game the previous week, we just everyone was saying, yeah, well, that's just some entity spot. And they've sort of gone away from that. Well, but Greg, if your club says you can play, yes, he did get a head knock, a minor head knock again. But if you're there playing first grade, you better play. You can play Origin. Like I, this whole thing of, and he's played before, and he's been outstanding. So I, I don't buy this. Oh, we're protecting his his well being. What? So basically, you're saying he's too soft for Origin. Well, yeah, protect his well being. But the Knights will roll him out on the weekend for their team. So and just as likely, position, just as likely get injured there as he would have in Origin. Uh, yeah, I don't buy that either. I I, I don't understand that non selection. I really no, it's don't. Puzzling. On the other side of that, I think Reese Walsh is an outstanding young player. And had a great season so far this year. Yeah, and absolutely deserves his spot. But yeah, not not picking Ponga somewhere. Yeah, it's it yeah. I just wonder what else is else is behind that, to be honest. Also, look, and the other big omission was Dane Gagai. Now, very un Queensland like who pick and stick. And he has I think he's played something like twenty two origin twenty odd origins straight. And he's often been the best player on the park. You made the comment last week in our pod, I think. He's one of those players that trundles often in and out in club football and then performs phenomenally at origin and has done few years. As you said, 20-plus origins, so clearly performed on that stage. I was really shocked he wasn't picked again, a bit like New South Wales, at least picked for the first one to see what happens. And Queensland are normally so loyal like that. And I didn't and I didn't buy the comment that, yeah, well, him and Ponga defensively on the weekend – showed some weaknesses well if that's the case well valentine holmes should never play origin again stafford toa absolutely gave him a bath on you know on saturday night so you know that that argument's blown out of the water straight away look i know the hammer is an x i know he's an x factor he has played in the centers and origin before but defensively he will be targeted and it will be very interesting to see how see how that goes look yeah i, I think and though 
you would have seen in the media, Billy Slater said it was a very difficult phone call. And it would have been very difficult because I don't know how, what the hell Slater would have said to him. Well, I don't know what his reasons would have been. I, I can't imagine what his reason for not picking him was. I, I really don't. Uh, very perplexing, the, the Queensland. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. Look, Murray Tulagi, probably very lucky to be there too. His form, he's missed a fair bit of footy and his form hasn't been anything, anything special. But that's, yeah, and that's who you could say they've stayed loyal. Who knows? Look, down to the forwards, no real surprises. But I will say this, this is not a surprise, and he played for Australia, but Lindsay Collins, by God, he has some people forward, in my opinion. Just a very, as my dad would say, run-of-the-mill, very run-of-the-mill trundling forward. But gets the job done, and they like how he goes about it. So enough said. Enough said on that. But anyway, look, Fafita, I think, had to be there, given his form. Tom Gilbert has been very strong for the Dolphins in his first year with them. Look, Ben Hunt was automatic selection. Look, Flegler's a bit like TPJ. He's there for a bit of mongrel, and he does. he's not afraid to you know get involved in that and the verbal battles and and what have you. So, that, so that'll be good. Um, and obviously Patrick Carrigan, he's been outstanding in origin last year. And the bench, strong as ever, Harry Grant. You know, he's just a real danger whenever he comes on. Big Tino, you know, he's a, he's a great player. And Reuben Cotter, absolute machine. And Jai Arrow has done it before. So yeah, yes, a little bit more standard, but still a couple of surprises, as we said, with the- Couple of surprises. They're quite- Gagai and Ponga. Probably on paper, like directly on paper, it's the most even two teams I've seen in a few years when you line up position against position, balanced across the field in terms of experience and surprises and the rest of it. I think it's probably as even it's been for a number of years. On, on paper, paper, yeah, I agree. On paper. And let's face it, is that a bad sign for the Blues? Because normally on paper, the Blues' team looks so much better. And yet the reality <laughs> never turns out that way. That's right. So I... I don't know. And look, obviously, the first game's in Adelaide, isn't it? Yes, it is. Neutral venue. We're recording Wednesday night, so it's a week from tonight. And you, as you said, it's the first game's in, in Adelaide, neutral venue. So be interesting. It will be. No, really looking forward to it. Yeah. But as always, look, lots of con- controversy and discussion points. Like I mentioned Crichton's in as the 18th man. Like Campbell, it's that bizarre thing that happens. Campbell Graham ruled, was ruled out with an injury, but he'll no doubt he'll play on the weekend. He's been named or will be named, I was reading today, in before Origin. For so. the weekend, yeah. Well, that's probably good of South to say, well, no buggery. It, it's not, we're not just having him hang around you guys, not to play him. He can come and come and help us out. If he's not good enough to be selected, then bring him back to South and let us have him. And I don't blame him, the club for that either. That's right. End of the day, South pays wages. Correct. No problem at all. Look, yeah, bring it on. One week to go and, and can't wait as always. Yep. No, definitely. Now, Greg, back to our last round. So round 12, we mentioned some of the results. So just quickly, Panthers 15 over the Broncos 4. I'll say on that, you know, Adam Reynolds missing. It wasn't a real surprise. The, the surprise, though, was the Eels over the Rapidos, 36-16. My glory, glorious team, 66 Tigers over Cowboys, 18. Bulldogs, 20. Titans, 18. The tight one, the Miracle, down at Jubilee. Dragons, 24. Roosters, 22. Sharks, 26 over the Knights, over a disappointing night. Storm, too good for the Dolphins, 24-16. And Turbo and the Eagles back in form against a, a very, very, very ordinary Raiders down in Canberra, 42-14. Right, so any standouts or things? We mentioned Turbo's good game. Any hink that grabbed you? Look, we've already mentioned the Dragons getting up and the Tigers getting flogging the North Queensland. I guess the ones for me was you just touched on uh, Manly and Canberra. I thought Canberra played really well, really, really well. 
for the first 10 minutes. And after that, <laughs> yes. it was all the Sea Eagles. Now you're right. Canberra looked like it did look like how far Canberra early. And the faders stuck to their name, their namesake. Yeah. And it was really, in my mind, 10 to 15 minutes. And after that, Seagulls took over. The other one was the Melbourne Dolphins game. It was actually a better game than the score suggested. I enjoyed watching it. And again, the Dolphins made some sort of a comeback in the second half. Not enough to get over Melbourne this time, but certainly had a really good second half again. And that seems to be the way they go. They, they, they're the team that's going to come back at you in that second half. Yeah, no, they're, they're never done, are they, the Dolphins? They're always, always thereabouts. I thought, yeah, apart from, and you know, we spoke about the Tigers, look, the Eels, as much as I, as I hate to praise the Eels, they were, Souths were off their game a bit, but the Eels were really good, I thought. You know, they their forwards really stood up. You know, they had a few injuries, like Madison went off after halftime. Uh, Hopgood, Jermaine Hopgood, he's just a freak. You know, he's in my fantasy team and he, he's good for 80 odd points a game. Yeah, it's just a really good balanced performance. And no one really picked it, did they? With Souths coming in indigenous round, traditionally they always play really well in that round. And yeah, they were just a little bit off. And Parramatta just, yeah, just seized on it. They did. They made the most of that small door open. And they, to credit to Parramatta, they made the most of that opportunity. And as you said, they they played really, really well. Yeah, they, they deserved it. So yeah, maybe a bit of a bit of a turning of a corner there for, for Para. Um, yeah, but obviously the round was also, yeah, all the origin talk and that was surrounding it as well. I, I, I know we commented, one, one comment I will make, and I found this a bit unfortunate that we commented last week what a great job the NRL do of Indigenous Round, and I think I texted you a few times about my judgment of the jerseys because I think some are awesome and some are not. I thought the Roosters, by the way, was absolutely god-awful, boring, lazy design, if you remember what the Roosters was. it was Yeah, yeah I think it was pretty lazy, if I recall. Very, very poor, I thought. Some of them I thought were awesome. And I have to say, and I meant this quite seriously, the Tigers was one of the better ones. I thought the Tigers was very good. Yeah, I liked it. What were the, I think you can... we, we disagreed on the bunnies. Yeah, I didn't mind bunnies until I saw a couple of the others and they sort of slid down my rankings. I didn't like the Dragons, unfortunately. Like your boys, I think Gold Coast had a really cool one as well. And Newcastle, they were my picks. Yeah. I, look, I thought Souths had very good... I liked the artwork, but I thought it was just too busy with the... Yeah, fair enough. The traditional South bits they had as well. I, I think that's why I liked it. They built in the traditional South jersey with the Indigenous overlaid on it, maybe. But I see your point. Anyway, off topic. I think my comment was going to be that was that's a great round and something I'm very passionate about, as you know. But I think with the leading to Origin took distracted from Indigenous round. A lot of the talk was around the uh, Origin selection as opposed to the Indigenous round, and I think that was a yeah. I just found that a bit distracting. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Yeah, just that time. Because is it normally this time? Because I don't recall it ever sort of clashing with Origin Talk before. I didn't think it was. I thought it was I thought it was later, later in the season, and I don't remember it ever clashing, and I don't remember being on the same weekend as the AFL. Oh, oh yeah, that's pretty recent, I think. They've sort of combined the AFL, whether it's because of that. I, I thought it used to be bef- more around NADOC yes. time. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But I just thought it was just with all the, the amount of media attention Origin, Origin Selection gets, it just took some of the conversation away from, you know, some of that positive talk around Indigenous Round and not just Yeah, the actual round did. itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah, the lead-up was, was good. Bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah there was plenty of lead-up and celebration in the lead-up, but you're right, the actual footy itself And maybe it was, was just, more about... I, I'm a bit biased where I, my stance is, so I don't know. Maybe, you know, someone else saw it differently to me, which is fine. Something for the for the NRL to consider. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry, go now, on. Now, this weekend, Greek, you know, saying it's just one of these personal – look, it's – what's the phrase? You can't make omelette without breaking eggs. And the split rounds – oh, not split rounds, they call them now, but these buy rounds come into it, which make it pretty you – know, only half the games. But we have – tomorrow, we have the Dolphins versus the Dragons up at Redcliffe. I I think the Dolphins will will – Put a bit of a score on the Dragons. I'm not sure what you reckon. I Look, Dragons are only missing Hunt. Dolphins are actually missing a couple of players through Origin. But I, I, I can't see the Dragons getting up over the Dolphins up there. I, the Dolphins are still playing really well. They're still hanging on to their top eight. They're, they're, even Melbourne last week, they, they weren't thrashed. They weren't out of the game. They were competitive. So I And, and yeah, look, the Dragons had a, a lucky win at home against the Roosters, but I don't think they're ready to compete against a team like the Dolphins are playing at the moment. Yeah, I think they'll struggle. Um, Friday, there's only one game on Friday, and that's the Eels versus the Cowboys. Oh, you have to go with the Eels at the moment after the last two results. What? How's this? Cowboys have lost about four players, or however many to origin, from a team that got beat 66 points to 16. So that's how bad the Cowboys were with those players, and now they've lost, obviously, Dearden, they've lost... Um, the wing, um, Holmes, obviously Tulagi. It's just embarrassing, really. So, yeah, how they're going to compete, I'm not sure. But one thing about the Cowboys, they are they're consistent in their inconsistency, as you say, as we, as the phrase goes. So, yeah, I think Parramatta should do it comfortably. Now, Warriors versus Broncos over in New Zealand with obviously the Broncos. With I'm going to go war. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Warriors because over there and. They're not impacted by origin and Broncos always struggle during origin season because they traditionally lose so many players to Queensland and, and this year's they still lost a few. So I think the I think the Warriors might get them this week. Yeah, I favour the Warriors too. This is dangerous. I think we're agreeing. We're we're both agreeing, Greg. Um Rabbit and yeah, Broncos, not as many as they used to lose, you know, twenty years ago, but but still significant. Rabbit those who who obviously lost a few as well, and the Raiders. Where's that at? On Saturday, 7.30. It is um, in Sydney. Yeah, I still think I'll stick with the Rabbits. All right. I'll go with the Raiders not for no particular reason. Well, just the fact they should be hurting and embarrassed by their performance last week against against Manly. And, you know, the Rabbitohs, we've obviously Luttrell, uh, you know, quite a few. Our of Damien Cook obviously will be there. Yeah. And Campbell Graham, slightly unexpectedly. Cook's Murray's still not there. there. Cody Walker's there. I... I I think they might get up. And look again, they should be a bit. They should be a bit embarrassed off the back of their um, l- lack of competitiveness against Parramatta last week as well. So hopefully, some of those guys will bounce back as well. So it's be interesting. Interesting competition, actually. That one. Yeah, one of us will have the. One of us will be right. And the Sunday game, the Knights versus Manly, and that's up at Newcastle. And Ponga will be playing at fullback. Yeah, that's a tough one to call. With Manly, have lost a couple. With you know Turbo out, Cher Evans out. That's a hard one to pick. The other, um, Travoy's out with injury. Jake's out with injury. Yeah, he's out for a good four to six weeks now. Look, I think DCE is a big loss. It is for them. He really drives them around the park, doesn't he, when he's on? Yeah, look, I'm going to go the Knights. Yeah, the Knights might get that up there and upset. They, Yeah, I kind of hope they do. Their fans deserve it. They're really loyal fans up there and turn out like your Tiger fans, turn out every week and haven't been a great few years. So, yeah, I'll go with the Knights, I think, up there. All right. We agree on that one. So, yeah, obviously easy win the Manly coming up. All right, Greg. Well, we've gone a bit longer than we expected with the NRL, but that's fine because there's so much happening, you know, into the origin period. AFL, just briefly, round 10 of the AFL. And 
till we get to the news, some reasonably big news in the AFL land. But round 10, we had in the top of the table, uh, Port Adelaide, 80 to 76 over Melbourne, so narrow win. The Swannies, and there's some controversy around this, just beat North Melbourne, the, you know, one of the cellar dwellers, by three points, 93 to 90. Bulldogs beat Adelaide by 45. We had Frio in a bit of an upset. Well, not an upset, but no, I guess it is, over Geelong. But it was over in WA, 106-77. to The Brisbane Lions in a local derby um, comfortably beat the Suns. In a thriller, Essendon beat Richmond by one point, 71-70. The West Coast Eagles, what the hell is going on there? Hawthorne or down the bottom? Yeah, 142 to 26. They're just a schmozzle. I don't know. I'm not even in AFL, and even I read that headline. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, Collingwood on the, kept on their winning ways over their arch rivals, Carlton, 85 to 57. And look, the Giants were competitive, but St. Kilda always looked like taking it out, 92 to 80. I think the score probably flattered the Giants a little bit there. St. Kilda were comfortable. But yeah, probably the two most significant things, Greg, was now the Swannies were. North Melbourne were in front by three points a minute or two to go. The ball was down in the Swannies forward line. They were competing, but then they realised there was an interchange infringement. So what had happened, you're only allowed apparently 75 interchanges in a game, and North Melbourne had inadvertently used their 76. So what happens apparently is they stop whenever it's discovered, the penalty, a free kick is awarded and a 50-metre penalty to the team. Um, you know, who's against the team who's infringed. So they discovered that. So North North Melbourne, where our Swannies were given the ball, 50 metres, which put them right in the, the goal square, and they kicked the goal um, to get three ahead, and they held on the win by three. That would have been an interesting team meeting who fucked that up over the – stuffed that up over the um... – Surely someone – surely one of the trainers, coaches, whoever's tracking that during the game. Surely. I know. It's a, as they say, one job, one job. Look, it it does show. Look, the Swannies won, but it it shows where the Swannies are at. Yeah, they are struggling big time. Right, north of low on the ladder. They they started strong, but they've fallen off the Swans, haven't they? They're really yeah, showing. Look, decimated by injury, but also a young team as well. And you know the highs of last year, re- reaching the GF and all that, but you know losing rather badly. Uh, yeah, I think it's all taking its toll. But look, they are a professional unit. They will look Longmire. You know. They'll just keep plugging away and see. Look, Richmond lost by a point, and then most significantly, the long-term coach, Damien Hardwick, um, announced that he's stepping down during the week, Now, which is a bit of a shock to most, but very successful. His tenure was 14 years, three premierships, 2017, 19, and 20. And look, he turned that joint around. Like For those who don't know, well, Richmond are a traditional club, very successful. Probably think, similar to your bloke, St. George, really rich history. But since in the last premiership before the 2000s was uh, 1980, you know, back in the heady days of Kevin Bartlett running around, and they've been a basket, they were a basket case for many years. They're the sort of team, you know, can lose from anywhere, just find miraculous ways to get done. Pretty unprofessional and, yeah, really strong, loyal supporters and very large supporter group who had, let's face it, what, nearly 25, 30 years of absolute misery. For, for Richmond. So, but anyway, Damien Hardwick, and it was tough going his first few years, five years, but they stuck with him. Because also Richmond board over years have had a record of just turning coaches over, but they, they actually held faith with, with Damien Hardwick and they reaped the rewards. You know, they, they got their list really good, got some great players, Dustin Martin being an obvious one. Yeah. And put it together. 
three premierships and could have been four. 2018, they were the leading team and, and just got a bit lazy near the end, near the finals or in the finals. They could have easily won, won four in a row there. So, yeah, so well done to Damien Hartwick. Great career. Look, he just said he just cannot give 100% effort at the moment. And basically, he just he's cooked. And credit to him. I was just he knows say, it, so he's credit, done it. Credit to him for putting his hand up and saying, not at the moment. I mean, he could have probably continued on and in his own mind done a pretty average job and been, you know, if it is some needs a break for mental health reasons and probably dug himself a deeper hole, whereas getting out for a while gives him the refresh. And I think very brave move, but a very honest move too by putting your hand up like that. I credit to him. Yeah. And look, on the surface, you can say if it couldn't have lasted the year, but as you said, if your heart's not in it and you can't give 100%, and Richmond CEO, former player Brendan Gale said, no, well, they prefer it that way because they can start right now. You know, getting in place, getting it, you know, looking ahead to, to next season. So, now well done him. Look, it's a tough business, as we know. Look, we all love footy, but NRL up here, the AFL, the, the fishbowl in Melbourne, and the pressure is like the NRL coverage times 10. It yeah, is. It's, it's nearly like being professional sport or national sport in England, isn't it? The, the media is on them so much down there. It would be really tough life to be a professional footballer in Victoria. Absolutely. And a coach, you know, a coach, you know, even more so, really. Equally, yeah, if not more so, yes. You know, look, I don't know the ins and outs, but I know he's not the only one, Damien Hartwick, but over the journey, you know, I know it's, you know, it's the cost is high. I know it's, I'm pretty sure it cost him a marriage, um, like a, f- a few of them it has, and just, you know, those sort of burnouts here and there. But look, what an outstanding job he has done. Dimmer, as he's affectionately known as. Yeah, you know, he can step away as a as a Richmond, you know, legend and has turned him into the there's always been a sleeping giant, as I sort of alluded to. And, you know, now they're struggling a little bit this year, but overall, you know, they've had a golden run for like the last ten years or so. Right. EPL, Greg, we've talked about this a bit. You know, the excitement leading up to the end of the season. So, um, Manchester City have been crowned champions because they are now cannot be beaten. Arsenal, as we mentioned last week, have unfortunately capitulated. Now they were leading by eight points not that long ago, but Manchester City just too good. So they've won three in a row now, uh, five out of the last six. That's pretty now, impressive, you isn't can, it? Five out of the last you six. You can argue. Wow. Yeah. Look, it's all money-based. We we know that. You know, they used to be, a, 20 years ago, I remember watching them when I was over there, you know, in the playoffs to go up to the, to go up to the Premier League. So, you know, but very rich backers and all that aren't buying the club. But anyway, you still got to get the job done. Doesn't matter what team you assemble, and they certainly do that. So it's decided. Just just going to the table. It down the bottom is where the action is at the moment. But just on the actual how the table finished. So so Man City, as I said, champions. Arsenal second, Newcastle third, Man United fourth. So those four teams are all going to the Champions League. Liverpool fifth, Brighton sixth. So they play off, they go to the uh, Europa League, which is like you know the secondary Champions League, whatever you want to call it. And also seventh place, Aston Villa, and they get to go to playoffs. They get an opportunity to go in that European league, not the champions, but you know that one below it. But where the action is, so Southampton on twenty, Southampton twenty four points, they're gone. Unfortunately, they're back to the championship. So we've got Leeds United and Leicester City on thirty one, Everton on thirty three. So above them, not Nottingham Forest are safe now, and so are Bournemouth and West Ham. So what happens is Leeds and Leicester and Everton, two of those are going to go down. Only one of those is going to survive. Everton are ahead by two points, so they're obviously in the box seat, but nothing is guaranteed. And as we have mentioned, it's that round where every game 
starts at the same time next, on the weekend. So the stakes are incredibly high. So good. So good. Love it. Oh, exciting. Now, Leeds are playing Tottenham. And all three of the teams who are, are vying to stay up are playing at home. So that's that's an advantage, obviously. So Leeds are playing Tottenham, who are half-decent team. Leicester are playing my blokes, West Ham. And Everton are playing Bournemouth. So all winnable games. If they all win, Everton stay up. The other two go down. But if you know, if the results vary, it's going to be very, very interesting. And I think I'm pretty sure it goes on goal difference. Yeah, you know, if they're tied and all three are tied or whatever, it's it's on goal difference. So yeah, so that that won't be sorted until until the end of the the, the game. Yeah, you know, where the games finish up. Um, I think it's Saturday Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon UK time. But no, what what a way to finish. Big weekend to finish off their season this weekend. Yeah. Well, just, just briefly back home, Greg. Uh, Melbourne. Oh, sorry, just back to Man, Man City. They're also playing. I think it's two on the third, two weeks time or week and a half's time. They're playing Manchester United in the FA Cup final, and they're also in the Champions League final the week later. Wow, what a big so, season! That is a huge season, massive season. Heading just, just on that, you mentioned it's all about money. Do you know? And something maybe we need to research. Is there a salary cap or some leveler for the Premier League? I think there is, but it's ridiculously high. I think there may not even be one. I'll I'll look it up. Maybe next episode or two, we'll have a chat about it, how that works. Because yeah, funding. You know, if you get a big backer, I'm not sure who the bloke at Man City. I'm pretty sure was he a Russian oligarch, that sort of thing. And yeah, money to burn. But I'm not exactly sure how it works. Yeah, sorry, I threw that without notice to you. I just wondered when you were just you know, can you load up a That's player a question. based on pure dollars? Can you load up your team if you're rich enough? Or is there some sort of mechanism that supposedly levels the playing field? Yeah. Well, I think the way it turns out every year suggests that if there is a mechanism, it doesn't work very well. I guess that was my point. When the same team wins five five out of six years, often those players in other leagues, other competitions, other sports will be poached or drawn to other clubs with money and they're keeping them all together. Obviously, you're still being so successful. I just wondered what mechanism they had. Anyway, another conversation. We'll find out. Look, and Leicester, of course, they won it what five years ago. They actually won the Premier League. Remember in that sort of fairy tale thing. And Harry Suter was recaught, and he played reasonably well in their last game. So I think he'll be running around. Uh, just on the A League, so the semis were finished. The second leg, Melbourne City flogged Sydney FC four 0 So they they go through to the GF five one on aggregate. Central Coast two Adelaide nil. So Central Coast won four one on aggregate. So Saturday third of June. Melbourne City played the Central Coast in the grand final. Um, we mentioned last week, great, really great for all Central Coast. You know, who are a battling team. They, they're they not rich by any stretch. You know, not a huge basis. Of, very, very strongly supported. Very vocal supporters, but not a huge supporter group either. You know, not like Sydney FC or the Melbourne teams or, or Western Sydney Wanderers. And before we go to the NBA for your update, Greg, I know you'll sleep much better at night now, knowing that Brooks Kepter or Kepka, can't pronounce his name properly today, won the USPGA golf. So interestingly, so he's the first player from the live golf side of things to win a major. I did read that only because of the headline it created being a LIV golfer who still playing because they've come down the agreement where they can still play the majors. But I did read, you know, that the first time an LIV player is still has gone on to win a major. So at this stage, both competitions seem to be able to coexist. Be interesting going forward. But... Yeah, yeah, it will be how how that pans out. And All I right, think, Greg, so and the I'm, M- not, I'm not a fan of it, but I think it's good for the LIV golf to show they've got world class players. It will do them a benefit to have a a major winner. 
Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Look, I think I'll throw to you for the NBA to say, is it bye-bye LeBron? Well, interesting interesting you bring that up because I was going to have that very conversation with you. Just where that came from with the results, we had uh, Denver and Lakers play in the West Coast Finals over the last few days, and Denver swept them for zip. Lakers are out. They looked – I didn't see all the games. I actually saw for the fourth quarter of all the games. They were tired. LeBron particularly, he just looked tired. Still amazing, but he, I think the years, the amount of court time he was playing caught up with him, and Denver won that. And Nikola Jokic, just phenomenal player. How he didn't get the MVP of the league. He won the Western Conference MVP for the finals, but how he wasn't league MVP, he is a freak, absolute freak. So I want to give too much praise out. Sorry, Greg, but you predicted this, didn't you? You you said that you thought the Lakers would tire. Yeah, I did. We got one right. There you go. It don't happen very often, but I'll take credit for that one. Denver are now into the final, like the NBA, as they call it, the World Championship. Not a World Championship because only in America, but as they call it, the World Championship, NBA Finals. First time ever Denver have made it that far. So credit to Denver. They're they're an amazing team and, and performed really well. So I'm really pleased Denver have got into the final. On the east side... Miami have been the surprise packet. I think I tipped them to be our sneaky upset, if you remember last week. You did. They finished eighth against the Celtics, who finished second. Now, Miami were – they won the first three games. They won the first two in upsets against Boston in Boston. Game three then moved to Miami, and they won that, so they're up three zip. Game four was today in Miami, and Celtics actually won it. So it's now 3-1. Now, that said, no team in the history of the NBA has come back from three games to nil down to win a – to win a series. So Okay, so they so they have to his, make history. History, well that's right. They have to make history. And as someone I heard on another podcast yesterday said, well it's 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 all news until it's not when IE when someone does it for the first time then it's not news anymore and eventually someone will come back from three zip down. But up until now no one has. So for Celtics Boston to do it they'll have to create history against Miami. So they have tomorrow off. The next game's in Boston and then back to Miami and then back to Boston for game seven if required. So that's interesting to see how that series goes now. They're back to Boston for game five, but back to Miami for game six. And I, I yeah. still think Miami will get it. I really do. Yeah, look, this for the, for the Celtics, there's just no wriggle room, is there? You can't no, have a bad day. No, they can't have an off day. They have to be phenomenal, and they were good today, but they have to play like that three more games in a row. So That's not easy to do. No. Look, the bookies haven't written them off, but history's against them. And Miami are just playing super basketball. Whether they can keep that up for the next three, one of the next three games, and you would think they'd get one of them. You really would. Okay. So, assuming Miami get through, who's your tip to win the title? Denver. I think De- Denver, Miami have yeah. been performing, and I think it still could go to six or seven games. But I think Denver will get them. Yeah, my my tips. Whoever gets through, whether even Boston get through, I'm still tipping Denver now. And as you mentioned last week too, Greg, like Denver, it is an altitude as well. So it's not, I wouldn't, I'd suggest it's not that easy for the visiting teams. No, it's got to be taken into account. And the other thing is they're knocked over Lakers in four games. They get a bit of rest now. The other two are battling it out in a ramped up hyper series and Denver sitting back, you know, everyone's got niggles. It's an 82 game series season plus playoffs. End of All the good players have got niggles. So just to have that extra few days break and, and recover will, will be huge benefit. A very exciting time. A great Christmas for um, NBA fans. It is. So, Look, yeah. I've just had a text. Sorry, mate. I just had a text message from the um, commissioner of the NBA saying that it is the world championships. We have a team from Canada in the NBA. Fair fair point. They do have one team from Canada. That is true. That is true. Yes, and and the, 
and the and the but the baseball do the same, don't they? Yeah, it's World Series. I do love it how they they you know I don't know encapsulate the whole world in their own competition. I I do find that interesting, but that's just love them or hate them. That's just American culture. They are in their own mind the center of the universe. And look, you and I both travelled there extensively and love it. So no knock on our American friends. We love the country, love the sport, love travelling there. But it's just globally interesting position to put themselves in. It is. And even with you know the sometimes arrogance of the AFL here in Australia, but never do they proclaim to be the world championship AFL team. Not, even they're not. It's another level, isn't it? It is. Our Yankee it is. friends. It is. It's another. But look, it is what it is. But also, it's like when thank God you don't hear it much anymore. But this player is the world's best rugby league player. Yeah. Well, yeah. I.e. the best in Australia. Yeah. You know, what we played in Australia, North of England, Pacific. Like it's no big. It's a big rap, but it's not like. It's played all over the place. It's not saying the world's best soccer player or the world's no. best tennis player or the world's best basketball player where they are they're genuine or world's best golfer. You know, they're they are genuinely global sports. No, no comparison, is there? Now, Greg, I wanna now we mentioned last week attractive teams. We're gonna hold that little topic over for because when I thought of tonight, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I thought of this when we're talking about I forget what we're talking about, but for coaching dummy spits. Because our friend, the coaches, they're always so good, aren't they? For for dummy spits and you know rambling speeches and just bizarre behaviours. So just to get things going, and hopefully we might get some feedback during the week. I'll just ask you. I'll I'll start with a couple. I recall, but just some really good coaching coaching dummy spits. Look, being NRL fans, you know, start with the famous one, late eighties, was it Bob Fulton? When uh, Bill Harrigan and they said, "Oh, what do you think?" I said, "I'm kind of kind of running him over in a cement truck." <laughs> you couldn't say that now, could you? No, that would be very un PC, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, yep. Basically, you're going to run him in a cement truck. Look, it must be a manly thing, of course. Yeah. You know, now you hear it off quoted, often mocked that Jeff Tuvey. There must got to be an investigation. That was a funny press conference, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't he let fly? The investigation. Not so much a verbal dummy spit, but Des Hasler was always good. The one where he pulled the door off, he stormed out of the room. Oh, that was one I was going to mention, sticking on the Manly, the one I knew of, the, where he ripped the door off the change room in, in Manly. Not so much a dummy spit. World Cup one year, they asked, um, I think at this stage they're allowed three replacements, whatever year it was, and they asked him after the game, can we ask you why you made your three replacements at half time? And he said, because I wasn't allowed to make 11. <laughs> so that's what he thought of their first half performance. That's putting yes. the players back in their spot very quickly. I, I do still, I still do love a Wayne Bennett press conference. He's just great. He's just got the media wrapped around his finger. He just controls them completely. I love his press conferences. Yeah. He's not dummy spitter, but he's just, as you said, no. like he totally. just plays them like a fiddle. Yeah. Complete control of them. Yep. And I don't know whether they're just incompetent or fearful or just not very good at their job because they, they keep asking him closed questions that he can just block them off on. You know, they, they, don't, they haven't seen the try open questions, do they? Something that you can't just answer in a one-word answer. Maybe, maybe he's given up. True. Yeah, maybe they just think, no, nah, there's, there's no point with this bloke. Look, AF, AFL's always had a few fiery characters. Um, the former, is it Danny L now, lately? But Dean lately, when he was North Melbourne coach. Yeah, he he was always good for a snail or two. Look, Ron Barassi, this is not so much a, a media dummy spit, but you're probably seeing that um, it's from the sideline in, in a big game where they've got him mic'd up and he's just pissed off. It was Jared Healy, you know, who's 
big and you know very uh, prominent in the media these days. Very good player too. But anyway, he didn't like something Jared did, and he just picks up the phone and he just says, you know, "Johnson on Healy off," and he slams the phone down and goes, "Weak as bloody piss." <laughs> um, yeah, look, not what I heard, but Rodney Ede in his famous huge dummy spitter. For more reports, how how can we have this conversation and not think of Craig Bellamy first and foremost? Isn't he great? Every time, and they did it the other night when um, who were they playing? The Dolphins, and they had the. Did you see the split screen with the one camera on Wayne Bennett and one on Bellamy? Did you see that I bit didn't. of the game? And Melbourne were winning, and Bellamy was going off yeah, oh, in the coach's Bobby box. Three, yeah, I did. See. And, and Wayne's just sitting there, just calm as. And the the comment was, you know, Bellamy's losing his shit completely, and they're actually winning. Imagine if they're losing. It was a very, it was a very funny scene. Someone in the box, they always have tissues because they have to watch. You, you probably don't see it that prominently on telly. I think Vossi was saying. But when he has these big things, he spits on the window. You know, just not intentionally, just because he's screaming and carrying on. So they have to, for Bellamy. Now, not so much a dummy spit, but this is the opposite to a dummy spit. This is back in the mid-90s. Remember when Phil Gould started coaching the Roosters? And I remember it was a game up in Darwin or somewhere. Yeah, not the usual ground, but anyway, the Roosters were terrible. I remember they were absolutely terrible, and they're getting flogged. And he was sitting on like it was like a instead of a individual seats, it was like an old fashioned bench, like a park bench. So he was sort of sitting there with his arms behind the you know the the backrest, looking real casual, chewing gum, and he's just chewing away on his gum silently. And they're like, Phil Gould is taking this so calmly, blah blah blah. Anyway, the next week, the entire forward pack was in reserve grade. He dropped the whole pack. <laughs> did not did not forget and did take notice. No. So obviously he had already thought of what he was gonna do and was just yep. <laughs> Saying yeah, make yeah, making out. Anyway, always our coaches. Look, and it's an outlet, isn't it? Such an intense job in any professional sporting code. You almost ask yourself, you know, there's huge dollars in it in some sports, but why would you do it? Did you see the other week? And I can't. I I should know this which team it was, but one of the football coaches, which they call managers, was celebrating a goal. I can't remember if it was Premier League or one of the Europe leagues, but um, tore his hamstring in his celebration. That was two weeks ago, I think. I can't think of which team it was. That's really bad. But yeah, it was. He was celebrating the goal, and he was up and down the sideline because they're quite close to the action in football yep. slash soccer, and he actually tore his hamstring. It was absolutely hilarious. Oh, that's funny. I must go back and find out who it was. We will. Now, I've, I think that's a little starting point, and yeah, hopefully we get some feedback and some contributions from some of our listeners because there's plenty, but even local ones, even ones that we may not know about. Okay, There's always you know, there's always great speeches or dummy speeches from coaches in local, in, in local sports as well. Yeah, not... Not the dickhead, idiot, violent ones, but just the you know the you know just the you know just the quite funny dummy spits that passionate but yet quite funny upon reflection. Like they're always. I I agree. So look, if you've got any out there, any stories to tell, please pass them on to us. Two sporting muppets at gmail dot com. Flick them through because we'd love love to add to our repertoire or our knowledge of coaching outbursts. Yes, our our very very small and small amount of knowledge. Well, Greg. Any reflections or recommendations or anything of that nature before we sign off? No, that's it. As I, oh, I think I mentioned last week, the Formula One was it ended up getting. Now, did that Italian Grand Prix go ahead? No, it did or not. Was it going ahead? It was, it was cancelled, and I don't know if it's postponed or just cancelled because there's no room in the calendar at the moment because the next few weeks. But yes, no, the Imola Grand Prix was actually it didn't happen. 
So I'm going to say cancelled. Okay. Oh, it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. But the, the so, caravan yeah. rolls on. It does. I can't remember. I think the next one might be Monaco. I think it's still in Europe. I think I said we had three. There was three in Europe. And I think the next one might be the famous Monaco race. But I will yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's a great one, have, isn't it? I will check that out and have that ready to go for next pod, whatever day we All do right. that next week. And I'll have a look at the dummy spits. Look, just maybe those, because we do speak a lot of NRL, those hardcore NRL fans, I don't know if you're aware of a podcast, This Week in League, with Nate, Jay, and Glenn, the boys. Look, they're Queensland bloke. It's funny. They all support New South Wales teams, and they're all from New South Wales. They're based in Queensland, in Brisbane, Toowoomba. But look, they just tell it how it is. And when I say how it is, I think you know what I mean. Okay, so not for the faint-hearted, but this week in league, it's for those who you know who really like their rugby league and a bit of a laugh. It's a you know, pretty entertaining podcast. So just yeah, just some something some people can try and, and and see if they enjoy it. And they're always good for a story. Always some good stories as well. But that's my little recommendation for this week. I haven't got one this week. I'll have to hang on. I'll come up with one for next week. No problem at all, Greg. Well, I'm over. I'm done, mate. I'm over and out. I think we're done. I think that's brought us to a good conclusion. All right. So whatever you're doing, folks, during the week, your sport or your team you're supporting, um, yes, hello to the boys at Picton, at Picton 2571 Touch. They wanted to say, oh, will I tell everyone on the podcast about my great play at Touch? Well, I could if there wasn't any. <laughs> But, that, but that's not happening. No, but no, still enjoying it. Um, yeah, whatever you do, folks, get out there, have a crack at sport, watching, playing, supporting. It's, yeah, the world is a better spot for it. Well said. Echo your words. Whether you're supporting sport, watching sport, playing sport, have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy it. And we'll be back again next week. All right. Thanks for your time, everyone. We'll see you then.